really is power and tradition. It's really amazing how God has wired us. I mean, we can uh, use reason and logic to figure out what things are. We can use science to discover how the universe works. But at the very same time, there's just, there's certain parts of life that we experience in such a way that goes beyond what we're able to understand. An example of that is think about how so much of our memory and what we understand to be true is tied to what our senses are and what we experience around us. For example, how many of you have ever been in a moment where a smell takes you to another place in time? Or an old photo puts you right back in a conversation with somebody that you love, or a song takes you back to a season of life. I think there's no more true than in the season of Christmas. If you think about it, the movies, the commercials, uh, the food, the decorations are all things that, that take us back to seasons, to relationships, uh, memories of life. For me, every time I see that Coca-Cola polar bear, I'm right back as a child anticipating what Christmas is going to bring. There's power in tradition. The way that these things bring truth and understanding to us in ways that we may not even really fully understand. So we started to wrestle with the question, what are the truths and the traditions that we celebrate each and every Christmas? Specifically, what are the truths in the traditional Christmas songs that we sing year after year after year? I wonder if we ever really stop and pause and reflect on the words that we sing when we sing these Christmas hymns. So over the next couple of weeks, we're going to explore some of those Christmas hymns that we sing. Today, we're going to start with a song uh, most of us are very familiar with. We sang a version of it this morning, Joy to the World. In 1719, a gentleman named Isaac Watts set out on a journey to write a book of poems inspired by the book of Psalms in Scripture, looking ahead to the ways that Jesus lived it out and fulfilled the things that were written in the Psalms. Now, one of those poems that he wrote was inspired by, by Psalm 98. And I just want you to see a couple of the verses from Psalm 98 uh, before we look at this song that he wrote. Let me read to you Psalm 98, verses 4 through 8. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Burst into jubilant song with music. Make music to the Lord with the harp, with the harp and the sound of singing. With trumpets and the blast of the ram's horn, shout for joy before the Lord, the King. Let the sea resound and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. Let the rivers clap their hands. Let the mountains sing together for joy. Inspired by the words of the psalmist, looking ahead to the way that Jesus lived this out in his life and death and resurrection, the way that he will complete it when he comes again, Isaac Watts wrote the words that would become the single most popular Christmas song of all the 1900s, writing the words of joy to the world. 
Let's take a look at, at the words of that song that we sing each and every Christmas. Here's the first verse. Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive her king. Let every heart prepare him room and heaven and nature sing. Isaac Watts understood that when Jesus came, he came as a king, the presence of God with us who reigns in heaven now and forever and ever and ever. Verse two, joy to the world, the Savior reigns. Let men their songs employ while fields and floods, rocks, hills, and plains repeat the sounding joy. Isaac Watts reminding us that the Jesus who came was the Savior. He is our hope. He is the one who came to do what you and I could not do for ourselves. Verse 3. No more let sins and sorrows grow nor thorns infest the ground. He comes to make his blessings flow far as the curse is found. An understanding that Jesus came to reverse the curse of sin. Genesis chapter three tells us that as we rebelled and turned away from God, that not only humanity, but all of creation was cursed and Jesus has come to make things right. And then the final verse, he rules the world with truth and grace and makes the nations prove the glories of his righteousness and wonders of his love. At the end of the day, Jesus is on the throne. He's never been out of control. He's never been without answers. He's never wondered what might happen or what is going to come. He's always been over and in and through it all. And what Isaac Watts is a resoundingly calling us to as followers of Jesus or any of us who were just searching for Jesus in our lives is to shout with joy, to take on a joy in our life, not a happiness that is determined by the ebb and flow of our happenings, but a joy that is founded and grounded in a person who never changes, the Jesus who was, who is, and who will be forever is our reason to choose joy. It's not a warm, fuzzy, I feel good about things that are happening, but it is a determined expectation of good. That whatever I might feel in the moment, I know that my God is good and my God is unchanging and my God is forever. And so I will choose a determined expectation of good through my God. Now, the reason that this song, Joy to the World, became the most popular Christmas song of all the 1900s is because the story of Christmas is all about joy. And that is the story. It is a story, a news of joy. So we're going to jump into that this morning. We're going to start the Christmas story. We're going to carry it through the next few weeks. But today, just understanding the foundation of this Christmas story is that it is a story of joy because Jesus, the King, the Savior, has come. So let's take a look. Luke, Luke chapter 2. We're going to start in verse 8. And there were shepherds living out 
in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. This is a story of joy. A story of a reality where no matter what is happening, whatever the happenings are, no matter what I'm feeling inside, I can have a determined expectation of God and the good because of what God is doing and breaking in to our world. We can choose joy each and every day, especially in this Christmas season. And, and there's a, a truth that kind of underlies all of this that I want us to just wrestle with and reflect on for just a minute that we do not get joy from our circumstances, but we bring joy to our circumstances. Knowing that the things around me are never, ever, ever gonna be the, the marker for my life, that I will get life and I will get joy from these things, but there is an unchanging standard, an unchanging gift in Christ that is the foundation of my life. I don't get joy from the things around me or the people around me or the happenings around me, but I can bring joy to them. How might that shift and change our relationships, our responsibilities, our, our calendars, the things that we do, if we changed our mindset that I'm gonna bring joy to, not try to get joy from. This is the story that we're invited into. Now, what does this look like for us? How do we ground ourselves in this kind of joy? There's three truths that I wanna lift up for us that we see here in the, this encounter that the shepherds have. If we can hold on to these, it might just help us to hold on to joy. Here's the first truth. We see it in verse 10. Verse 10 says, But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great, here it is, joy, for who? For all the people. Here's the first truth. The news about Jesus is good news for all people. 
This means that the news about Jesus, that Jesus has come to defeat sin, to free us from sin, to give us a hope of a relationship with God, a hope of eternity in heaven with our Father, the hope of a new creation that Jesus will bring. We have the hope of that, and that is good news for you. It is good news for me. It is good news for all. That means that no matter what you've done, it is good news. It means that that person that you just don't really like, it's good news for them. There is no one who is disqualified from the love of God. It's amazing that, that the angels brought the message to the shepherds. The, the shepherds were the people that no one expected would ever have heavenly news. They were on the outside. They were kept at arm's length because the job of a shepherd, there's nothing neat or nice or clean about it. And because of the work that they had to do, they were disqualified from coming into the temple to making sacrifices until they had ritually purified themselves from the work that they did every single day. And so the reality that the angels brought good news to the shepherds would have shocked and amazed everyone. You're talking about the shepherds, the one who are out in the fields, the dirty, the nasty, those people? Yeah, because the good news about Jesus is good news for all people. Not just the clean and tidy, the ones who got their act together, the ones who look religious, the ones who look like they're behaving themselves. No, the good news about Jesus is good news for all. None of us are exempt from the love or disqualified from the love of God. But the, the same truth rolls right with that is that none of us are disqualified from the calling of God either. I wonder how many of us have missed an opportunity to share the love, the joy, the, the truth of Jesus because we think to ourselves, well, I, I can't do that. I don't know enough. I've got a, a past that's disqualified me or I, I'm not good enough to, to follow that kind of call to, to share Jesus with somebody else. What if they find out about all my mess? But I, I love what the shepherds did. The, the shepherds that everybody else had said, you, you're not good enough. What did they do? They heard, then they went and saw, and then they went and told what would it look like for us this Christmas if we followed that pattern? We hear the good news. We hear the voice of God. We're in his word. We're worshiping. We're listening to the truth of Christmas, not the decorations and the shopping and the, all, the things, the, all the things that we think we're supposed to do. But we hear the good news about Jesus. And then we go and we find it. We look, we see, and then we tell Here's a little secret for all of us. If you really want to experience a full joy this Christmas, more than you've ever experienced before, follow that pattern. Hear, look, and then go tell somebody about what God has done in your life. There is joy when we invite others into the story. It's good news for all people. The second truth comes in verse 11. It says, Today in the town of David, this is the angel's message, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. Here it is. Jesus, who came for us, is King. He is Savior. He is Messiah. He is Lord. He is King. He is Savior, Messiah, and Lord. He is King. 
Meaning that he is the one who sits on the throne. The biggest struggle for almost every person I've ever met, myself included, the struggle that we face is that really at the end of the day, we want to be on the throne. We want the world to be about us. We want what we want, how we want it, when we want it. We don't tell, want anybody to tell us what to do or how to do it or what we should live for. But at the end of the day, Jesus is on the throne and we live our lives for him. If we want to experience a greater, fuller joy, then let's stop chasing after momentary happiness and put Jesus on the throne of our lives and spend more time worshiping and more, less time trying to accumulate what we think we want. Jesus is Savior. Meaning Jesus came to do for you and do for me what we could not do for ourselves. He is our only hope. Our hope is, is not in an organization. It's not on a mission trip. It's not in a Bible study. Our hope is in Jesus. Will we rest and trust in that? Jesus is the Messiah. That comes from the word Messiah, which means anointed, Christ, anointed. He was the anointed one, the favored one who came in the presence of God for us to bring the kingdom of God to us. The anointed one to usher in God's work in and through our lives. And he is Lord. Will you let Jesus be Lord of your life? Not on the side with you when you can't figure it out. Not in the back seat when you need directions. But will you let Jesus be the Lord and ruler over every thought, every feeling, every direction of your life? It, can he be more than just something we kind of bring into? We like the baby Jesus at Christmas because he's cute and we think we can manage that and we think we can handle that. Or do we want that baby Jesus who grew up to be crucified and who conquered death and rules forever? Will we accept that Jesus? Will we let him be Lord of our lives? Jesus came to be king, to be savior, to be Messiah, to be Lord. And here's the third truth. If we can wrestle with this one, maybe we can step into a fuller sense of joy. It comes from verse 12 and then 15 forward. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And then verse 15, when the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that's happened, which the Lord has told about. So they hurried off and they found Mary and they found Joseph and they found the baby. And then it says, and they told, they went around. Then they had seen him. They spread the word concerning what had been told to them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. And then verse 20, and then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen. Here's that third truth, is that Jesus is with us. What we celebrate on Christmas is Emmanuel, God with us. That Jesus came to be God with us. We don't have to wonder about where God is or what God is doing. God is here. God is working for his glory and our good every second of every day through all of past and all of future. Jesus is here. When I desire more of God's presence through Christ, what might happen? Whatever you got on your wish list this Christmas, would you put it at the top? I just want to be more aware of Jesus with us. 
I just want to be more aware that Jesus is right here. I just want to be more aware that in the, in the mess and in the muck and when I'm falling on my face, when life is not going as I would want it, when I'm in the valley, when I don't know what to do, Jesus is here with me. What did the shepherds do? We, we said it a moment ago. They heard. They saw. They told that Jesus is here that God is here. If you will look for Christ in your life, if you will look for Jesus in your life, you, I promise, will find him. Jesus said, if you will knock, the door will be open to you. If you seek me, you will find me. Jeremiah tells us if we seek God with all our heart, that he will be found. If you will look for Jesus this Christmas, I promise you above the music and the decorations and the food and the expectations and all that comes with it, if you will look for Jesus, you will find him. And when you find him, you will be amazed. When the shepherds told what they had seen and heard, the people were in this just amazement. I want to encourage you to take some time over the next few weeks to just stop, put the to-do list down, and that's hard for me, and be in awe of Jesus. Let that just be a little Christmas gift to yourself. Just spend some time in awe of Jesus. And then when you are amazed by Him, you will worship. You don't have to try to make it happen. You don't have to try to show up somewhere. You don't have to put it on your calendar. You don't have to get dressed and get everybody out of bed. When you are amazed by Jesus and what he's doing in your life, you will worship him. The shepherds left, and what does it say? They left praising and glorifying God. Will we worship Jesus this Christmas? all that we've been through, we can throw up all the questions and all the doubts. Can we trust that Jesus is still on the throne? Can we trust that Jesus is here? Can we trust that he's working in and through our lives? Will we choose joy, that determined expectation of good because of God's breaking in? Can we commit ourselves to bring joy to the people around us, not try to get joy from them? I wonder if that's why we're all so cranky this time of year. We're so busy and trying to get all this stuff done. And our expectation is, well, maybe I'll get joy from this dinner, or maybe I'll get joy from this present, or maybe I'll get joy if I bring this gift to that person. Maybe I'll get joy if we can play this music. Maybe I'll get joy if we wear that tacky Christmas sweater. Maybe I'll get joy if we watch that Christmas movie. Maybe I'll get joy if the house looks just right. Maybe not. Maybe I can bring joy to all those things because of God's breaking in, a determined expectation of God's goodness. If you'll stand, I'm gonna just pray for you and I'll pray for me that we will look and we will find, we will be amazed and we will worship together. And that perhaps 
we'll have a new lens this Christmas. Maybe COVID will be a gift to us that we can have a new lens for what Christ really is doing. Not just in the happenings, but in eternity. And in our lives, every moment through the good and the bad. So let's, let's just pray for that this morning, that God will give us a new lens to see Christ together. If you want to come and pray as we sing this final song, these altars are available for you. Hunter will be on one side, I'll be on the other. We'll welcome you. Maybe you've got things you want to praise God for. Maybe you've got some junk in your life. Maybe you've got some questions or maybe you've got some decisions and you want to pray through that. Uh, you can just wave us over. You can come and pray on your own. You guys at home, encourage you to just be prayerful about God giving you a new lens, uh, maybe working through some stuff that, that Christ wants to do in your life as well. Uh, let's go to the Lord in prayer, and then we'll sing one final song together. God, we love you and praise you. We recognize that as you came to be with us, God with us, Emmanuel, as you were born into the, the cloth, into the manger, into the, the setting of animals and noise and filth and dirt and all the stuff, God, you came so that you would be King and Savior, the Messiah, the Christ, the Anointed One, that you would be Lord. It's not about a, a cute little image of a baby that we think we can manage, but we know that that baby would grow to give his life, to be the power over sin and death, and that he would rise again. We know that he's coming again, Lord, to usher in your kingdom and a new creation. God, we long for that. Forgive us of the distractions. Forgive us of the, the division among us. Forgive us, Lord, for the ways that we get uh, and give in to despair and all the stuff that separates us from your hope and your joy. Lord, I pray that you will give us the strength to choose joy, a determined expectation of your goodness. I pray that we will be committed and have the strength to bring joy to the things and the people around us because you are our hope and our source of joy in all things. Strengthen us, encourage us. God, hold us accountable. God, where we are sinning and turning away from you, call us to repentance that we receive your forgiveness and your kindness and be restored to your joy, the joy of your salvation. God, we pray this in Jesus' holy name. We pray it in the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen.